Welcome everyone, I'm Holly Bott, and this is From Surviving to Living, the podcast where raw stories of transformation are told. This is not just a podcast, it's the power of change. God is interested in you. My story is not fiction. I'm a woman, a felon, a sex offender. I did hard time. I am so awed by Jesus, I will risk my reputation and talk about it. He transformed me. He will do that for you. I trust him. I hope you do too. Are you hurting? Are you sick of just surviving? I was too. How does one really, truly live? God causes transformation. It is possible for everyone, thank God. I never saw it coming. Let me tell you how it happens. Get ready for your adventure of faith and life beyond bars. This is From Surviving to Living. Listen today to discover intimacy with Jesus, overcome adversity, foster personal growth, and find hope in every situation. Despite my difficult experiences in SEG, I found solace in a mental health program. I reveal the surprising living conditions at Shakopee Prison and show parallels between my experience of isolation there and the broader social impact observed during the COVID-19 pandemic. How can we apply these insights? to have a personal experience with God, appreciate human connection, and recognize the potential for transformation in any circumstances. Listen until the end. You won't want to miss it. This is WOW! October 2011. I waited to be released from SEG. Recent experience had left me drained. Sitting in SEG on suicide watch had been demoralizing. Forced to wear a padded gown, watched by cameras always, having to ask for squares of toilet paper each time. I was not even allowed to wear underwear or use tampons. Helpless, I bled on the gown and myself messy and embarrassed, alone and shaken, my dignity taking a beating. Now, I wished to feel any measure of control. Will you be there for my dark times and for my ugly? Finally released from SEG, I was transferred to Monahan, the prison's mental health living unit. Will you be there for my dark times and for my ugly? Have you ever experienced a difficult time that felt really lonely? Do you know someone who has? At my website, hollybot.me, you'll find pictures of the MCF Shakopee prison campus, inside and out. You might be surprised to discover it doesn't resemble a prison as you might expect a prison to look. It was far different than I expected. MCF Shakopee resembles a college campus 
with nice dorms and well-manicured lawns. In 1986, MCF Shakopee opened at its current location. It was state-of-the-art for its time, but almost at once needed renovation to meet its increasing needs. In 2000, Shakopee opened the Monaghan Living Unit and eight years later expansion began again. A $5.3 million addition to Monaghan opened, adding another 92 beds for treatment and therapy, making Monaghan the largest living unit at Shakopee. Shakopee's cells also seemed atypical to me. Without bars, they have wooden doors. Walking through a living unit is like touring an apartment complex. Cells have their own separate bathrooms and furniture is wooden. Prison had been unexpected. Seven months later, as I left segregation to enter the Women of Wellness Mental Health Program, Monaghan surprised me yet again. I felt tensions fall away. Because this unit was built later, it had a different design. Entering was like stepping out of prison and into another place. Instead of white paint and concrete block, it delivered lilac colors and sheetrock walls. I wished I could stay here until I was released. And yet, space for incarcerated women in Minnesota wasn't always like this. Stillwater was the home of Minnesota's first prison, built in 1853, and it originally housed both men and women convicts. In 1912, this prison was torn down and rebuilt as a new state-of-the-art prison in the town of Bayport. That prison stands today and is named MCF Stillwater. At a legislative hearing at the Minnesota State Capitol in 1915, Mrs. Isabel Higby made an impassioned plea for the establishment of a reformatory for women. Her doctor told her, you need rest, but she wasn't about to give up an opportunity. She argued in favor of a new institution where women would neither be incarcerated with male inmates nor teenage girls. At the conclusion of her talk, Mrs. Higby collapsed and died. Six days later, the bill passed, and in 1920, the reformatory opened, and women were transferred out of Stillwater Prison. That sure sounds comfortable, you might think, but COVID-19 and countrywide lockdowns taught us all about isolation. According to an article in BMC Psychiatry, the evidence on the mental health harms caused by the response to COVID-19 are found to be overwhelming. Anxiety, depression, suicide. The prevalence of severe loneliness increased to 21% during COVID-19 lockdowns compared with 6% previously. This was due to isolation. There are serious health risks linked to severe loneliness, including risks that rival those of smoking and obesity. Does this hit home for you? How does isolation affect you? Do you look for ways to spend time with people or avoid them? Needs to return. And then 
there was the no touching rule. The year I entered prison, Shakopee began a no-touch policy. It was not a health policy. It was a response to concerns about sex, consensual or otherwise, in an attempt to prevent trauma or to moralize inmates. Great harm was caused. We were never allowed to touch anyone, ever, except for a greeting hug in the visiting room if we got a visit, and some women never did. Imagine being unable to touch anyone for five years, 10, 30. The science of touch convincingly suggests we are wired to need to connect with others on a basic physical level. To touch can be to give life, said Michael Angelo. Today, I am remarried. My husband, Corbin, is incarcerated. He was given a 30-year sentence in 2011 at age 18. I'm hanging on by your thread, and all I'm clinging to is prayers. And every breath is like a battle, I feel like I ain't come prepared. And death's knocking on the front door, pain's creeping through the back. Fears crawling through the windows, waiting for them to attack. They say don't get bitter, get better. I'm working on switching them letters. But tell God I'ma need a whole lot of hope keeping it together. I'm smiling in everyone's face. I'm crying whenever they leave the room. They don't know the battle I face. They don't understand what I'm going through. The world trying to play with my soul. I'm just trying to find where to go. I'm trying to remember the way. I'm trying to get back to my home. But I can't do this on my own. That's why I'm just trusting in you. Cause I don't know where else to go. I remember the first time I met him in person. I visited him at Stillwater Prison. I hugged him. I loved him already. I'll never forget what he said afterward. My wonderful husband who had been locked away for a decade. It broke my heart, but I understood completely. With wonder, he said, you hugged me as if you wanted to touch me, as if you loved me. My family doesn't even do that. In a world of great emotional hurt, this was COVID-19 type social isolation before the rest of the world had discovered such pain. Uh, they say fear haunts and pain hates. I say pain strengthens and fear drives faith. And I don't know all of the outcomes, don't know what happens tomorrow. But when that ocean of doubt comes, don't let me drown in my sorrow. And don't let me stay at the bottom. I feel like this hole is too deep to climb. I've been looking for a way out, but I settled for a peace of mind. Picking up the pieces of my life and hoping that I put together something. New arrivals at Shakopee had to train themselves to act in the most unnatural of ways. In short, stop showing or receiving trust and compassion. Not long after I arrived at Shakopee, while I was still in orientation, our class made a trip to the library. Excitedly, we walked the aisles, gathering good books for later. One of my classmates was showing a recent book to the group, and I sidled up next to her. Lisa, a returnee to the prison, was familiar with rules in a way only someone who has experienced punishment can be. Impatient to grab her attention, I tapped her arm and held out my book. Distracted from her conversation, she acknowledged me, nodded and finished her thought and then casually she added for my benefit i'll be right with you and don't tap me thank you 
She seemed as if she'd like to add more, thought better of it, and then returned to her conversation with the others. I'm gonna learn the hard way. Blankly? My mind searched for the reason she might say such a thing. Don't tap me. I just know it's gonna take like Belatedly, I recalled the no touching rule and I froze, rattled. I had touched her without a thought. The entire incident lasted less than 10 seconds, yet I remember it clearly today. Scientific studies suggest that fright sears memories into our mind when other things become difficult to recall with time. This hardly seems like a terrifying event, yet it must have been frightening for me. I cannot forget it. My social fabric was being altered. Over the coming days, weeks, months, eventually years, I became extremely self-conscious, natural behavior feeling unnatural. This led to further emotional detachment, social awkwardness, and anxiety. WOW programming would provide me with skills to navigate this new situation, but it wasn't a cure. WOW supplied tools for behavior modification, and I did need that, yes, I did. I was unaware at the time, however, that total life transformation is possible. WOW doesn't provide a new life. It just helps one have a better day. A transformed life was in my future. I just didn't know it yet. And while MCF Stillwater is the distant past of every incarcerated woman in Minnesota, Shakopee was my present. MCF Stillwater would appear again years later and play an important role in my future. Do you desire intimacy with Jesus? A.W. Tozer says, The trouble with us today is that we believe without confirmation. We do not have God's word confirmed in our hearts. God does not need to confirm anything in himself because God, being true, cannot lie. But we need confirmation in ourselves. If we do not get it, we are very poor, anemic, disappointed, and dissatisfied Christians. By definition, this confirmation experience starts with conscious awareness, to be aware of something that cannot be broken down any further. God is interested in you, and you have a right to be consciously aware of meeting God, a right to that confirmation, a personal experience with the presence of God that confirms the Word of God. The Bible says in 1 John 5, and this is that evidence, God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who possesses the Son has that life. He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life, eternal life. What does it mean to possess the Son? One of my favorite verses is in 1 Corinthians and it says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. That's amazing. It's intimate. I also remember reading this verse in 1 John years ago. By this we come to know that we abide in him and he in us 
because he has given to us his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I really wanted to feel this confirmation inside, this settled assurance. I wondered, how does one know if they have been given the Holy Spirit? How does one deduce anything regarding unseen things? By the visible effects we can see. Every follower of Jesus should be a walking miracle, the kind of person who can never be explained. How can that be you? First, ask God for this. Second, read the Bible often. The Bible says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly following their advice, nor stands submissive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax where the scornful gather, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, not his law, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates day and night. No more fear, I'm drawing near. Lord, come. No more doubt, I want you now. Dear Jesus, I pray for the person listening right now, and I pray for me, that we will learn more of you, that we will crave your word more, and desire time with you more. I pray you deepen our relationship with you today. Amen. Look for more episodes that inspire at hollybot.me. Until next time, remember, your story is never over. God's grace is always waiting to rewrite it. This is From Surviving to Living. Surviving.